A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What is up, football fans? I'm Danny Austin. This is the Live from the 55 podcast. We're filming in our Marta Loop, Calgary, Alberta, Canada studios. And we are going to talk about CFL. But I think you know where we're going to start. We're here in Calgary. I've been covering this Calgary Stampeders team since 2016. I did not think they were making the playoffs. And guys, they are in the playoffs. Unbelievable. Um, Did not see this coming. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Anyone who listens to this podcast regularly knows I thought this team was sort of was done. I, I really did. I didn't, I didn't see it. A couple of weeks ago, they'd what, won, won four games. They, they kept losing games that I thought they should win. It just never – it didn't feel like it was getting better. It didn't feel like there was improvement. And what you want, you're like, okay, you're struggling this year. You want to see areas of improvement. And I wasn't seeing them. So here I was. I believe on Wednesday, I had John Bender on, and I was saying they were going to get massacred by the BC Lions. Instead, they come out, they win 41-16. They run the ball down BC's throat, something that fans have been waiting for for a really long time. It helps when you're ahead. It helps when the run game is clicking. You're going to hear me talk with Ryan Ballantyne, and I do sort of make the point that there were a lot of times this year where people were mad that they went away from the run, and I I just didn't think the run was working in a lot of those situations, so they had to try to get, get points on the board, and... I thought their pass game was the better option today or this weekend. We saw, look, when this team gets up and you got Kadeem Carey and Peyton Logan, you got Dedrick Mills waiting in the wings. He basically carried the load for most of this season. This team can run the ball. This team can play good defense. I liked the way that they pressured Dane Evans. I liked the way that they pressured Vernon Adams. Cam Judge with an absolutely, like this guy, just the guy was already a star. So you, I, I don't know how to say it. Is he, it was a star making. What, what was this? Pick six against the Riders, basically turned that game around, saved the season. I, I've tweeted this. He was exceptional, forced fumble, interception. Cam Judge is just is, is an absolute superstar and is the most important player right now on this, this St. Peter's team, along with sort of like Reggie Bagleton, and then obviously the quarterback matters. But um, massive, massive win combined with the Toronto Argonauts beating the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 29-26. That means that the Riders can no longer finish ahead of the Stamps. Stamps have the tiebreaker soon if they lose to Winnipeg this weekend. They're in the playoffs. It's unbelievable. Um, Excuse me. You think about everything that happened this season. Think about how many low moments there have been. Moments where it's felt like there's no hope. For them to be in the playoffs, 18th straight season, this may not have been the most inspiring year, but credit where it's due, man. They persevered. They fought through. Now they're going to be facing the Lions again. NBC in, in, in two weeks' time at BC Place. I don't think that we can read a ton into Friday's game. The Lions weren't playing for much. They obviously rested Vernon in the second half. Um, I don't think that they were going full playbook. Uh, 
I just don't think that we can look at that game and say, well, they beat them 41-16. They're obviously the better team. The Lions have been a great team all season. Um, they're in that sort of top tier. I mean, I have the Argos in a tier of their own, but then for the sake of it, I, I do think that it, it remains the most likely Grey Cup winners are them, the Bombers, or the Lions. Um, the Argos beating the Riders, too. I mean, man, think about what that means. Like, they are right now 15-2. and two. We don't get 15-2 and two teams in this league very often. I mean, I guess last year, what, the, the Bombers were 15-3. and three. But they have a chance. If they beat Ottawa, the worst team in the league, um, in, in their season finale this weekend, they're 16-2. and two. That has not – that doesn't happen. That's it, it, These Argos are exceptional. I'm not going to say that anyone who watched that, that game against the Riders is going to be blown away. Um, but, you know, Chad Kelly, 18 for 25, 275 yards, a touchdown. Yeah, he threw a pick. Um, they were running the ball well. They're just so well-rounded. They're good everywhere. I, I just think that, yeah, we should be talking about them as one of the greats. If they if they win against the Red Locks and then go on to win these final, win the Great Cup, this is one of the all-time great teams. And I, I'm really excited about that. I, I think it's exciting for the league. Um, the way that that organization has turned itself around under Ryan Dinwiddie with pinball, uh, you know, Corey Mace's defensive coordinator. I just think they've, this is a really, really good football team. It's a lot of fun to watch. And then Winnipeg beat up on Edmonton, 45, <clears> 25. <throat> I'm not going to spend too much time on this game. Um, you know, I, I, for all of the conversation about who these, who these Winnipeg blue bombers are, um, are they getting old? You're going to hear, I, I've already recorded sort of my pre-inter, my, my pre-conversation uh, with Ryan Ballantyne before recording this introduction. Ryan's not convinced that the that the Bombers are going to win any playoff games. I am. I think that they're, <laughs> they seem like they're starting to click. Uh, I do think Dalton Schoen being injured, uh, being up for the rest of the season, as far as we know, is a big loss. But um, the Bombers, they're another one of those teams. They just kind of go out and do they got to do for the most part there have been a couple games where they haven't but they're 13 and 4 like what are we talking about here they are not they have not fallen off that far guys they're still 13 and 4 uh they're on a three-game win streak i imagine playing calgary this weekend i don't want to be like oh that game's gonna be terrible i do say that a lot with ryan um but i I still think go to the game guys like go have fun um but I imagine they're going to rest a lot of guys. I imagine the Stamps are going to rest a lot of guys. It's crazy that the Stampeders are in a position where they can rest players in the last game of the year to get ready for the playoffs. How did that happen? Uh, absolutely bizarre. But yeah, I don't know. It was a it was a pretty decent weekend. Sets up a, a pretty rough weekend coming up here uh, in the final regular season. Or final weekend of the regular season. Uh, Farmer Stamps, this game doesn't count for anything. Hamilton, Montreal doesn't count for anything other than i don't know is there any advantage you can gain those two teams are going to be playing a week later in the east semifinal. is there is, is there something do you want can you gain a psychological advantage by going out and lay a, laying a beating on your opponent uh, the week before a big playoff game that actually does matter i don't know i mean if you could maybe the stamps gain something on the lions i have a hard time with that though i do think that you know when the lights are on when it matters a little more that's not typically you know what happens in a game that doesn't matter much, I don't think tells us much about the games that that, that do. So, anyways, Toronto-Ottawa finishes it off, as I said. That'd be cool if Toronto can get to 16 wins. I would be really exciting. We're going to have Ben Grant uh, on the show on Wednesday. Wanted to get a, a Toronto 
media perspective there. Just I think that they are, they have to be the story of the season. And uh, yeah, like, I'm not going to tell you that next weekend is going to be the world's greatest run of football games, but we're here. We're almost at the playoffs. And uh, if we know one thing about the CFL, it's whatever happens in the regular season, all of us look back at the end of November and you know take a deep breath and just think, what just happened? That was unbelievable. It happens every year. I end up the night of Grey Cup just saying, this is the best league in the world uh, for our, all those reasons. So we, we are right there. We're at, we're at the fun part. You know, we've been at the fun part for a while. I Labor Day, Labor Day onward has been interesting. Uh, it's just I've been so in Stamps world, and it hasn't necessarily been the most fun time prior to the last week and a half. There's been a lot of negativity and a lot of worry and just, just you know, feelings of, is this organization going in the right direction? But, hey, they made the playoffs again. I got to eat crow a little bit. I got to sit here. I got to admit I was wrong. Didn't see it happening. It happened. There we go. Anyways, really excited to have Ryan Ballantyne on. Um, really, I don't know. It's a really good conversation. We talk about a lot of things. Uh, just kind of let the let the conversation go. But uh, shout out to you. Thank you for for listening. Um, we're gonna throw to one more sponsors here, but I do want to quickly thank Mugs Pub. Uh, you know them. You know love them. Major sponsor Fraser and Fig too. Uh, you know we couldn't. This is our first first year here doing live from the 55 first season, and and we couldn't have done it without them. And and they're just you know. They're the best. So thank you. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to Ryan. Let's get to him. Guys, let's say you're having a party. Let's say you're having a picnic. Let's say you're having any occasion. I got to talk to you about Fraser and Fig. Because I love these guys. Here in Martin Loop, a couple storefronts down from our studio here. Fraser and Fig, man. These guys do these delicious elevated cheese and charcuterie boxes. You know, they're made with all these fresh artisanal ingredients, on-demand grazing, pickup, delivery. You got it. Just let them know what you want. They will get it to you. Honestly, I'm such a big fan. I had a picnic a little while ago. I brought one of their curated boxes, and it was a huge hit. I looked great. People loved it. We're hungry. They weren't hungry anymore. These ready-to-go boxes, they got them in four sizes. All their boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. Their selections vary from month to month. Choices are always new. You know, just because you've had one doesn't mean you've had them all. I love Fraser and Fig. I love having them as a sponsor. They're the best. Make sure you check them out. Tell them right from the 55 sent you. Ryan Ballantyne, Three Down Nation. The Ghost Stamps Go Pod. I wanted to have you on, but I felt like I had to have you on. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest about that, and I'm going to I'm going to open the floor to you because throughout, I mean, I think that I had you on at the end of July would have been the first time, mm-hmm. and I said the Stampeders are a two and five, maybe at that point. And have the Argos, Lions, Bombers, and Argos again before Labor Day. And you were like, I'm not worried. Saskatchewan's not very good. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much what you said to me. Um, At the end of that stretch, I had you back on. You have maintained optimism about these Calgary St. Peters. So I just opened the floor to you. And if you want to say, I told you, you are allowed to say whatever you want. Well, so here's here's the thing, and and I don't know if you guys have the ability to dig back through the archives and run the clip. I'm going to try, but, but I don't know if we do. If we can, if yeah. we can, the clip that you're about to see, or the clip you should see in this moment, is when I said that the Stampeders would make the playoffs with six wins. I think a team in the West could make the playoffs with six wins. Yep. And so can Calgary be six and 12? Yes. And I think they could. I think they absolutely can get to 6-12, and 12, and I think that might be enough to make the playoffs in the West. 
I thought at that time, taking a look at what was going on, taking a look at Saskatchewan and Edmonton and how they were playing, um, I said it didn't matter if the Stamps were 2-9 and nine going into Labor Day because coming out of Labor Day, they had Edmonton twice. Now, they ended up losing one of those games, and they picked up a win against BC I wasn't expecting, uh, I'll be honest. But um, Stamps clinch a playoff spot with six wins. And uh, um, I think it's – I mean, look, is it a great look for the Stampeders organization that they could be 6-12 and 12 and with a playoff spot? No, but is it a good look for the Stampeders organization that for the 18th consecutive season they've made the playoffs? I think it is. This is a team that, you know, could possibly, potentially cause some damage in the playoffs if they get the kind of pressure they got against BC last week. I don't know that I don't know that BC brought out a full playbook. I'm willing to wear that we tinfoil hat. This is the thing we don't. Know. I'm willing to bring out that tinfoil hat and say that BC would rather play the team they stomped twice than the team that came within a touchdown of them both times mm -hmm. because the Riders came within a touchdown both times. They beat the crap out of the Stampeders twice in the regular season. But is this be careful what you wish for? I mean, if they, if they allowed Calgary into the playoffs, is this where we find out that they shouldn't have? Well, it's it's fascinating because I mean, if we're if we're starting with looking ahead, it's not just that they made the playoffs; it's also that they like, really beat up on the team that they're going to be playing in round one. Like, yeah, that's the that's the big accomplishment yeah. here is you've got BC in BC, and you just beat that same team by twenty five points. Right. I suspect. Look, I mean, they pulled Vernon at halftime. The Lions literally. He wasn't great in the first. I was about to say he, he he'd only scored three points, and that was on the last like the last gasp of the half, um, and was completely ineffective. Was on the run and was getting hit regularly. And do you want to allow your QB to be hit like that that many times headed into the playoffs? They didn't pull Vernon to give the Stampeders a better chance of winning. Dane Dane Evans played better than Vernon Adams did in that game. They pulled Vernon because they didn't want him to get hurt. They didn't want him to get beat up, and he was getting beat up. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you. They didn't play Keon Hatcher. All I'm saying is that there is evidence there that the Lions, rightfully, as they'd earned their right to, to, to do, were, were saying, okay, that, like, we're, we're, we're going to, this, this one's okay if we lose. Um, so it's a little hard for me to, to look at this game and say, okay, well, the Stampeders have proven they can beat the Lions in the first round of the playoffs. Because I also watched all the other games the Stampeders played. Yes. Like, this was unequivocally their best game of the year. Which is crazy, considering Jake Mayer passed for 123 yards. It's nuts. 123 <laughs> yards, and the Stamps had 41 points. Now, granted, a lot of that, I think, was field position. I think a lot of it was the fact that the Stampeders were awarded with a short field on several occasions because of turnovers and, and other things. And, you know, you got good returns out of Peyton Logan that, that shortened the field as well. That, that still turned into points for Calgary. Um, and then they were running the ball really, really yes. well. Yeah. They is, were running the ball incredibly well. 200 thing. and I think 203, 213, somewhere around there. Yeah, something like um, that. Over, over 200 yards, but under 220. I know that that's the range we're in. On a quick calculation, it looks to me like 217 or 18. There's whatever. It doesn't matter. There's also, why, yeah. Why there, am well, I doing math? There's, also Jake, there's also Jake and Tommy's runs in there, yeah. um, which, you know, I don't necessarily always count those when I'm talking about rushing totals because it's one thing. Like, I, I love Tommy Stevens, and I wrote up, I wrote a big piece, part of my 
article about him on the on the post game recap about Tommy Stevens and the efficacy of Tommy Stevens in short yardage, uh, which was magnified, I think, in this game when you when you look at Dom Davis, the thirty four year old fumble machine. Like, what is happening with the BC Lions that they're they're not as effective on third down, and they've still got a thirty four year old career backup as their short down, short yardage guy. But that's another. Topic. Yes. Let's let let's stick with the yeah, offense. Right. To start. Right. Let's, okay. Let, yeah. I'm going to try to keep us focused. Yes. Please. Um. It's it's to your point. I mean, they didn't they didn't need Jake to throw for more than 123. They're going to in the playoffs. Um. So that is that you can do that. You can do that little. Look, to stick with the offense. Yeah. I saw a lot on Twitter of like, oh, finally they remembered that they can run the ball. Mm-hmm. Like. That's a cute idea that misses a couple points. First of all, there were a lot of games this year where they could not get the run game going. They tried, it didn't work, and they went away from it. Could they be more patient with it? Potentially. I don't think that their offensive line without Bryce Bell was playing to the point where they could really rely on that run game um, through, through a big chunk of the season. I actually have never had an issue with the way that they use the run game. They just didn't have Kadeem Carey and Peyton Logan. They were literally like Diedrich Mills. We need you to carry us for 15 games this season, basically. Secondly, they were never ahead like this. Like it's basic football that when you're ahead, you run the ball. They were never ahead like this. But counterpoint, Kadeem Carey had more carries in the first half than he had in all but one game this season how many games now, can even carry played a full game he, he played 10 or 12 he played 10 or 12 and he had he had he had four four games where he had double digit touches and two of those he only hit 10 so one game Kadeem carry had 14 carries and he had i think 14 or 15 in this one um but he's if you look eight, at when Calgary's, several of those he got injured in so he's so, really only had six games this year you think he's only played six like he got hurt in week one. He got you hurt know? in week one. Yeah, and then, I guess. A, then when he came back, he also had to leave a game. Yeah. So prior to Friday night, Kadeem Carey had five games this year. Like, let's be clear that Kadeem Carey has not been like a no. Real Kadeem option. Carey has not been the Kadeem Carey we expected he just either. Hasn't been an option because they haven't been as effective in blocking for him. And I agree with you that the offensive line has not played well enough to to justify running the ball as much as. Um, I think fans wanted them to run the ball this year, especially coming off of last year. You have Mills, who has been fantastic for this team. But when you look at, I understand the idea that you have more rushing attempts when you're ahead. But their best offensive looks this season were against Toronto and BC. And their best offensive looks were when they were running the ball all the time. And I don't think in these games that they were losing, that they were ever behind enough to abandon the run. And this Stamps team really abandoned the run anytime they were down by more than a score and sometimes 10. If, if, if Once they got down two scores, the run game became completely uh, an afterthought. Which, like, I'll hear the critique of. My thing was that I never found that the run game, like, whether whoever was in there, and I think Diedrich, I mean, Diedrich is a hugely important part of yeah. this team's narrative, as it was exceptional. I, I hope we see him again this season. I also understand that you have two guys with very fresh legs who provide a, a, a very difficult contrast for defenses to deal with. So mm-hmm. going with Logan Carey makes a lot of sense right now, but it's also like sucks for, for Diedrich a little yes. bit. Um, 
but, but I mean, I, I think my thing was there were stretches, and I don't know if it was you. Someone came on, or someone in the press box was like, "Does it feel like they either get no yards or yeah, it was twelve me. yards? It was yeah, me. yeah, yeah, on on the ground." So like, I don't think that it, the, the run game was ever reliably that like okay, it yeah. gets you six, seven, eight yards on first down, and then you 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 get second. Well, I think I think I said it was it was either eight or nothing. It was either eight or nothing, and so you either are second and two or second and ten. Yes. when you're running the ball on first and down. And this team could not get it, put itself in second and 10 situations. No, because in second and 10 situations, they found a sec, uh, an eight-yard pass. Um, or and, they just found a little screen pass that got them no yards. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it was either zero or eight on second down two. Yeah. And so either you're six yards into a new first down or you're off the field. Um, but I think what they did very effectively, I thought, was even when they did run the ball last night, for in for no gain which happened a couple times they did find that that slightly deeper pass yesterday to keep the chains moving i think they uh, and i don't have the stat in front of me but i think they only had a two and out maybe three times in that game versus nine times against the riders a week before you know and when you look at the difference in being able to hold the clock like I, I think they had the ball for 10 minutes in the first quarter versus the the five they gave to BC. I mean, stuff like that makes such a substantial difference in the success of any football team and in the success of this football team. When they're able to control the clock, control the ball, this team is able to beat anybody in this league. And they've beaten BC, they've beaten Toronto, and they now have um, BC, Winnipeg, and likely Toronto in their way between them and celebrating what would be the worst Grey Cup championship in all of all time. Um, Cause if this team and, and I'm rooting for these guys to win the Grey Cup, I I'd never, I never put aside the idea that I, I put, no. I take my fan hat off. Like I know who I am and everybody knows who I am. Um, so I'm rooting for these guys to win the Grey Cup. But if a six and 10 or six and 12 or seven and 11 team comes out to beat Toronto in the Grey Cup after they win 15 or 16 games. It would be revenge I mean, for so many crap teams beating the Stampeders when the Stampeders sure, were on top of the world. But the Stampeders were 8 poetry. and 10 and, and beat the 14 and 4 Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I know. There, so there would be some poetry to yeah. it, is all I'm saying. Yes. Um, and I mean, okay, let's sticking with the offense, I think. Yes. Um, you quite, quite rightfully, I mean, we were, we were texting a little bit during the game, um, as well as, as in your writing, watching just Tommy Stevens this season has, has made me go back and just think to that West semifinal last year when twice on short yardage plays, the Stampeders decided to get way too, way, way too fancy and, and lost, like they basically lost the game on those two short yardage plays one of them was i believe a malik henry run where just the blocking wasn't there i I forget what the other one was but i remember at the time being like why not just give the ball to tommy stevens it's automatic so i go back there and again i think that to be honest had they gotten touchdowns or even field goals that would have been a much closer game that we would have looked back on differently instead they got absolutely slaughtered they seem to just recognize what they have in tommy stevens and that look this is this guy's only going to do one thing he's not going to throw the ball no, but he's going to do that one thing, which is fall over for two or three yards, and he's going to do it again and again and again, and it's automatic. I mean, I called him in in my write up this week. I called him two two yard Tommy. Yep, and I'm sure that that is not a nickname he will appreciate um, because no quarterback wants to be known as a two yard quarterback. But when you need one yard, when you absolutely have to have one yard, Tommy gets you two every time. Yep, you put him in in that that 
certain short, certain one, certain one and a half, Tommy will get you two. And he will get you that first down. And sometimes it'll be four. Sometimes it'll be five. Sometimes it'll be a 40-yard end-run touchdown against Edmonton like we saw last year um, as he came around the corner. Uh, but Tommy Stevens is almost automatic. I think the the stat that Farhan gave out uh, was that the Stampeders are 20 of 22 headed into the game. And he had four four more third and short opportunities um, and, and was successful on all of them. Um, the the weird one that I didn't understand was Tommy taking the snap and Jake out at wide or, or Jake Mayer out at wide receiver as the end. When the CFL made it a rule that you were allowed to put two quarterbacks the at the same time, I was like, huh, could be cool. I don't really understand the point of it, but it could be cool. It hasn't been cool. I'm just going to be honest with you. It has not been cool. Has well, I, we haven't we haven't found anybody that's used it yet. You know, like the the, the rule, that that dribble punt rule that we got from Antwi from Montreal has always been a rule. It's always been allowed, but we never see it because it's difficult to execute and it's risky. And so they don't do it. And it's risky to have a quarterback out at wideout. It's risky. Now, could I, would I be interested to see Tommy Stevens lining up as a running back behind Jake Mayer in a, some sort of formation, but then you've also got, but then you just a running back, but then you take, you take the ball, you toss it back to him and he can throw, you know, he's got, you've, you've got to, you've got to account for the idea that he can throw. So you can't blitz that formation because you've got effectively a stacked quarterback. And so now you have a, Oh, the pressure's quick and Jake, throws it back and Tommy throws it over the top. Like I'm convinced there's possibilities, but I don't, I don't think any OCs, but I don't think any OCs thinking about using it because why would you No, And my theory is that it was just like the Chris Trebler, Zach, Zach, like the month that we saw them basically rotating in and out, which is like the only time that I've really seen that work ever. was So exciting and so much fun. That the league was like, well, let's see if we can get them both. I think the, the Stampeders might disagree about how exciting and fun it was to watch Chris Trevler run uh, over them. Um, I agree, but <laughs> I, I like, but it, I you're right. Movie. Chris Trevler was very entertaining for what he was, and then he went down into the NFL and proved that you don't need an arm to be an NFL quarterback. That's why Trey Ford will be there next year, whether we like it or not. I think Trey Ford's going to the NFL next year. I think that his speed is is so unique like it, it stands apart so much that i think that an nfl team would be crazy not to bring him on as a development project interesting um, um i think he needs another year i oh i hope that he spent his whole career in canada I, no I, I, I just think i think i i, I think trey ford's skill set could be very interesting because I, when when i talked to mike rose about trey ford after the uh after the labor day game where trey ford ran for you know ever um and uh, i asked i asked him about it. he said i haven't seen anybody that fast since lamar jackson and when you look at Which lamar jackson because the first game the stamps played last year mm-hmm. Ford basically got one start last year and it was against the stamps and i guess i could say this but like like mike rose was like i've played against lamar jackson like i'm not that worried about trey ford and right now and the d-line after after that labor game we're like no he's fast yeah oh, they no, were, well yeah he said i've never seen anyone that fast except lamar jackson yeah that's that's the quarterback that he put against um he put trey ford's speed and elusive elusiveness i was gonna say elusivity but that's not a word elusiveness um we can, we can you know use it as my podcast well, you know, we can, <laughs> what you want. yeah we can create <laughs> uh, who cares 
And, uh, but um, yeah, he said, Lamar, I haven't played out against anybody like that since Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, that puts him in a pretty high caliber um, for speed and elusiveness. And that's the thing. And when you have that, I just don't understand why an NFL team wouldn't want to, to at least take a look. Um, like, I, I think it's really special. I think, I, think, I think it's whether or not he feels like another year in Edmonton might serve him better long term. Yeah. Um, and, and you I, know, if, if because taking a half season flash, does he get the kind of guaranteed money he'd get? And if he does, if he did that for a full season? Yeah. There's always just, there's the injury risk, which I'm always like, if right. the money's there, take it. Um, right. Is my, but I, I, I take your point. Like, there's, there's all kind of risks. It's why you take out a pitcher after the third inning, even though he's blown away the entire lineup, because analytics and injury yeah. possibilities tell you that that's what you're supposed to do. Sometimes we have to let the humans play football even if there's a, p- a possibility for injury. Because you know where there's a possibility for injury? In the parking lot after the game. Like, I understand the injury We've risk is, is, is heightened in the you. game. But all of that talk yeah, last night when they were talking about Chad Kelly, I don't know why Chad Kelly's still in this game. How could you leave Chad Kelly in this game? Because Chad Kelly wants to play football, and the next football he's going to play <laughs> is a month from now. I said this back when Bo got hurt and everyone was like, why is he in on that short yardage play or whatever it was? And I was just like, I don't know, man. Like, you can get hurt on every single play. That short yardage play didn't make much sense because stupid. you have short yardage quarterbacks for that reason. Bo clearly wanted to do it for some yes. reason. Um, yes. We'll get to Bo. And he's back for the playoffs um, anyway. W- yes, we're going we're gonna to get to some playoff talk. Yeah, we're not yeah. only going to do stamps, although we're coming up in 20 minutes here, so I got to kind of speed along. Okay, I tweeted. I believe Cam Judge saved the Stampeders season, single-handedly. I believe that the pick six against the Riders, the the goal line strip fumble, um, and another interception. I like. I have Reggie Bagleton currently as my most outstanding player um, for the Stamps. And I don't think you could change that. I I know, and I, I typically do most outstanding as offense, most outstanding defensive as defense, obviously. There's just a part of me that, like, legitimately this team, I don't think is making the playoffs if Cam Judge doesn't come up huge in those moments. Agreed. I definitely have him as my Canadian, as my most outstanding Canadian. Um, He's probably got to be most outstanding defensive. Let's be honest that no Stampeders are winning awards this year. No, Um, no, but I'm putting Mike Rose in most outstanding defensive. All right, okay. That's that's how I have it as well. He has more sacks in less opportunities this year than than he has before. He's been getting quadruple team at times yeah and and Um, teams are are running the ball on the stampeders more late which means less passing situations for him to get back and get a sack in mm -hmm. um and he's still i think i think he's career high for sacks this year he's pretty i know he's got nine or ten um so i i mike rose for me is is the modp uh and that's only because i can cheat by having cam judge as canadian by 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 having cam judge as a canadian you can say look i still nominated you for an award um, but I, I don't disagree with the notion that he's, he's potentially the reason why the Stampeders are, um, are going to the playoffs. I mean, I don't think that they were like that, that, that pick six against the rider. They are not winning that game. If something doesn't happen basically right then and there, they needed something. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. I just, I, I, my issue with this FPP stuff has always been that it takes the context of big plays. FFP, whatever. Pro football focus, Pro, PFF. PFF, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> that's how little attention I pay to it. Um, other than this one guy who gets mad at me on Twitter all the time. Um, 
I just don't care. I think the PFF is so stupid. Like, I, I think it's a great evaluation tool and completely useless because it removes the context of big plays from its calculation. So we're just like rewarding, like you were good consistently throughout a game when like, no, stars come up big in big plays, right. in big moments. Right. That's like- Reggie Bagleton's catch. Exactly. Like, I'm, I, and I just, I think if we're gonna do stars of the week, it should be the actual people who like in the biggest moments made the biggest plays. Right. I think that's how you market a league, not a, this guy came with his, this guy brought his lunch bucket. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I just, I hate, I, I, I don't hate PFF. I think it's a really, really useful tool for football teams. I think using it to determine award, like weekly awards and monthly awards is the stupidest. I actually agree with CFL you a lot. Thing it I've is, seen. it's a GM's tool, not a fan's tool. Exactly. It's, you're not going to sell me on oh, this was the best performing linebacker because of the six opportunities he had to make a tackle, he made six tackles. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I don't, like, give me give me actual, you're right, give me big plays. Give me interceptions. And interceptions should matter more than um, a knockdown. Or an interception should matter more, a pick six that, that wins you the game. Exactly. Should be enough to make you the best TB of the week. But it's the scale that doesn't allow those big plays yeah. to, to go beyond the, the same number of points per yeah. play. And I, I just think it's asinine. Yeah. In um, these six quarters, this guy played phenomenal. And so he's the player of the month. Yeah. I mean, other guys played four full games. Do, oh, but, do you remember when Dane Evans? Yeah, was, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm referencing. Yeah. Uh, this guy I mean. played six quarters. And so he's the best player of the month. It's another one of those ones. Where I'm like, good one, Randy. Good I mean, look, look, I mean, again, I get, I get engagement. And if this is the only stats we have to talk about this season, like, I think it would, it wouldn't be as bad. This PFF wouldn't be as bad if you could also check stats on websites. Reliably, um, yeah. reliably like, you know, the idea that Rene Paredes didn't exist in the kicker stats a couple weeks ago, the guy's the greatest player to ever lace up boots and kick a ball in the CFL. And somehow he's not even on the list on the CFL's website for this season, let alone historically. This season, Rene Paredes was not on the kicker stats uh, when I went to look it up a couple weeks ago. And the guy's the best player to ever do it at his position. I don't know He's how the, the Doug CFL, Flutie of kickers. The CFL's just got him. Like, somehow, like, they've, they've survived this season. But it really does feel that way. Yeah, like, it, it yes. Yeah, yeah it, it, feels like, it feels like we are absolutely, as fans, granting them all the good graces we can well, to be like, look, Yes, we understand the stat system is completely broken, but we've 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 resolved ourselves to it by now. It's because at some point you can only complain so much. Yes, without like without you becoming part of the problem. Right, and like I think it's incredibly embarrassing and completely unjustifiable that like the stats don't don't work. It is yeah. it is one of the basic functions that a sports league has to provide, particularly a group that is trying to drive engagement through things like fantasy football, through things, all of those. It is like literally, arguably the most important thing outside of the games have to actually be played. It's just at some point, I don't know, you complain about it for seven, eight weeks. You kind of look like a jerk when it's week nine and you're still talking about it. It's yeah. clear they can't fix it. It's clear that this is genius sports' fault. But here's the problem. It would be it would be one thing if you were complaining about it in week nine and the league was saying, look, we understand this is a problem and it's not going to be fixed until the offseason. That's not what they did. The league came out and said, we expect this to be fixed by Labor Day. Then they said, we expect this to be fixed within a couple weeks. And then in like week 14 of the season, they finally said, 
we understand this is a problem. It's been a complete disaster as a rollout. And, you know, well, and we're, <laughs> we're trying our best, and right? But it took them 16 weeks to get to that point. They, they had to have known before Labor Day that this wasn't going to get fixed. I think they did. I mean, and I, so just say that. They were, I got calls from the head office being like, we're really sorry. Like, literally, like, they, like behind closed doors, the league was, was doing the right things here. And I, I really do mean that. It was just literally the day after I got that call, which I very much appreciated. It was an acknowledgement of how hard it was making my job as a reporter. All of that. Okay, you know. That's sometimes all you need. All you need is to feel like you're being heard and seen and, and acknowledged. So I felt great about it. And then the next day is when Randy went out and said, this was not a failure. And I was like, oh, right. you're not going to privately acknowledge that this is a, a failure, but then publicly say, like, what is everyone? Like, no, that's, that's what I don't understand. And I think actually, I mean, I, I, I like Randy as a person. Every time I've interacted with him, I've gotten along with him. Uh, he seems like a nice enough guy. My issue right now is that the CFL refuses to admit a mistake. And when they don't, it makes them look worse. I think that if this was a head office mistake, they would be admitting it. It is the fact that Genius is effectively the 10th team, right? Yes. Like in terms of like revenue splitting, all of that, like one-tenth of Genius of TSN's money goes to Genius as far right. as I have. They've been brought on. Genius as far as we understand, and I'm introducing that caveat, which makes this sound weaker than it is. I am 100% sure of this. Genius is the one that screwed up. They don't want to publish sure. Genius. They are like terrified that people are going to realize that this deal. But you need is, to, you need to, you need to have equity to a company that can't put together a basic Microsoft, Microsoft Excel spreadsheet as far but as. But you I need know. to have Genius out in front of the people saying, yes, it was, it was not good. It's not right. It's wrong. We're going to fix it. We're going to figure out our, our stuff. Like you need to have, I'm not saying genius you need or to have grifters, pulp, but like, I'm saying that grifters tend not to admit that there are mistakes in public. I mean, I, who that's a, that's a, a stronger stance to take <laughs> than I'm willing to take at the moment. Um, Sorry. You can't put, put together a basic stat system. Yes. There was one that existed for years. Yes. This shouldn't be that complicated. That to me, that to like, me is the, what the league's failure was was not overlapping the two systems until they knew it was seamless. The league's failure is not having something that high school sports have. Like, you can, the stats should be there. And I, look, I, I shouldn't, I'm not actually saying they're grifters. That's, that's ridiculous of me to say, and I'm not. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be the my pillow guy. Um, <laughs> I just don't get it. And like, yeah, I think that there should have been more accountability on this. Um, you know what? When the league sent out the wrong All-Stars last year, super embarrassing moment yes. for the league. We got literally like there was that afternoon. Up. We wa they walked it back and they were like, we have messed up. Yeah. We are sorry. Yeah. We have screwed up. That's all people want from the stats. And thing. nobody, nobody gave them shit for it the day after that. Well, you know what I mean? Like they, got they out came out, they came out, everybody raged about this terrible list and they got tons of social media engagement. And then they put out the right list. They got another ton of social media engagement when people were, and but then it was forgotten almost immediately because the league immediately accepted culpability, said they were wrong, said it was a mistake, and and fixed it. There's a lesson in life here. Yeah, accountability matters. Take yeah. responsibility for your mistakes. Apologize when you make them, and people are generally going to let things right. Let things go. There is no more. There, I I think there is no more. I shouldn't have called them grifters. No. <laughs> That's why I, so I was like, let's walk that back a little yeah, bit. I'm debating whether to cut that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway. I'm um, not going to do it. 
But I think in in that moment, I think in in there's no more forgiving a fan base than the CFL. No. I think the, of of all like maybe the WHL has fans that will forgive their league for doing things, but the CFL fandom does not expect the league to be at the level of the other major professional sports in North America. We just don't. But what we do expect is when you do the dumb thing that we expect you to do, because we expect you to do dumb things, we expect you to say, this was a dumb thing and we did something dumb and we acknowledge it was dumb and we apologize. Yes. I'll That's be straight it. up with you. When That's it. Comes, it. Uh, this is the last thing I'm going to say about the stats and I want to move on and do some very quick awards talk. Sure. I didn't know that you could mess up the stat. Like, like I'm just going to be real. I just like assume like this, like going into the season, it never crossed my mind that what has happened this year was a possibility. It just seems so like, obvious that no matter what you are going to have statistics for football which is an incredible like incredibly statistically driven sport the teams still need the stats let's not let's acknowledge this i've spoken to coaches and they're like yeah it's huge a huge pain in the ass for us um so i just like that they managed to find something to screw up that i didn't even know was possible to screw up yeah i mean it's it's, it's great <laughs> it's 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 uniquely cfl that I mean, actually, I shouldn't say that because I worked for the National Lacrosse League last year and they had an issue with stats for a long time because they rolled out a new stat platform. Eventually it got fixed and it works really well now. I, I can say that I don't like the way that the stats are presented on the website. When you look at the team stats um, after a game on the game tracker, it's not easily digestible no. when you look at it. Um, and the, the sliding bars don't matter. Um, so I don't know why you have those um, to show like the proportion of interceptions from one team to the other. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. A number is enough. I understand as yeah. a human being that has been able to click to a website that four is more than two. And I don't need a visual representation of that in a bar graph. Like unpacking it all. It did sort of seem like there was. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All sorts of stuff that's supposed to be for gambling eventually that they're trying yes. to introduce. So, like, I don't gamble, so I'm the wrong person to talk about this. I will say, like, it sure doesn't seem like this whole gambling is legal and it's going to drive an incredible amount of engagement and save the league. We're a couple years into it, still waiting for the league to be saved, still not seeing any results there. Well, I never actually believe that the the league needs saving. And I've made the point on this show, I think, and on my show a dozen times, the the idea that this league is constantly in trouble of folding is garbage. There's there's nowhere the CFL's not going anywhere. Single game betting was was presented as this it's gonna it's gonna change everything. And it clearly has, it hasn't. That's no, it's, I've, I mean, yeah. I I mean, although if you look, ratings are higher now than they've been in years. Good. So is that is that a attendance is down? It's a gate driven league. That's all we ever hear. Well, yeah, we hear it's a gate driven league until they get their TV check. But like the TSN money pays the salary cap. Yeah, if TSN gets a piece of the NHL package, are they going to have the space on there? Well, but maybe if TSN gets a piece of the NHL package, then maybe Sportsnet wants a piece of the CFL. Do we have any evidence that Rogers has even the slightest interest? I think Rogers doesn't have the slightest interest because. The league has basically, from what, from the way it gets told around media circles, is the league doesn't even ask other media companies to bid on the CFL. They just keep going back to TSN and awarding them sole source contracts. Like one way or another, Rogers owns the Jays. They are yes. not during the summer bumping the Jays off the schedule for CFL. No, but they have five channels, so there's no reason why you can't. And you get you have games on Saturday. You have games on Sunday. You you've got the potential to do it. I, and I, I get that, that you've got the regionalization of these channels and it's West and it's East and it's Ontario and it's Pacific, but there's no reason why you can't say, okay, we're playing, you know, this CFL game on Sportsnet Ontario. And that just encourages people to buy their package. You know, I have no idea what is going to happen with the TV package. This is no. so far above my pay grade, but <clears throat> it is the thing that I worry about a little bit is just, I think it's sort of understood that likely Rogers is not going all in to, have all the NHL rights again, they will be presumably split up. We don't know in today's streaming era, that could be Amazon. That could be, yep. there's all sorts of, so Absolutely. I, and like genuinely, I have no idea. So like, please don't like, I'd, I'd be okay if Prime added the NHL to their package. Sure. Why not? Um, I, and I already have it. So same here. Just come to I'd, deliver. I'd, I'd be, I'd be more, more than fine. If, if, the CFL decided to partner with Crave, Netflix, Amazon, and any of those streaming services that I already want, pay for. I don't want CFL on a streamer. I think it has to be accessible. It has to be something that you don't automatically choose to. You want people stumbling on, on, on the CFL. But people aren't stumbling on the CFL now. Because if you're, not, if you're not already a sports fan watching TSN... You're not watching T. You're not stumbling upon the CFL and TSN. I think that's important in the states. I do. I think it's important to be on a TV channel in the states that people get because TSN's. Let's not. TSN's not a standard channel. You have to order it as a separate premium station. I understand. There's still a lot of people who are getting TSN, maybe because of some other sport, curling I, or something. Cur, yeah, like I just think having it on the airwaves available to as many people as possible matters. I don't think the CFL wants to, I mean, unless they give a ton of money, I don't think that the CFL wants to be in a position where extremely casual fans, people who have never watched it before are having to go and actively find it. I, I still think that just there's value in it being 
as accessible as possible. And I mean, I don't have cable. But clear. do you know? Do you know who kills in the North American market now because they were on Netflix? Is F one. F one had no American audience essentially before they were on Netflix. And so I agree. And like for years, I we would talk. You and I, yeah. Being like, Man, the CFL needs to do a, a drive to survive, not a documentary on four games in five weeks between the Argos and Ticats. Um, no, but there's now. I honestly think that that window of opportunity a little bit is is has closed there's just so much sports documentary content yes right now but what you don't get what you don't get of of the stumble is the algorithm what you don't get from um from having it on tsn versus on a streamer is you don't have the streamer trying to recoup their investment by constantly putting in front of you i don't know if you watched the netflix documentary about how netflix began but there um for anybody who hasn't Netflix talked about how their what you think we should watch was always directly tied to whatever they weren't already renting. The the movies that nobody wanted, they published as what you should watch when they were sending out DVDs and, and VHS cassettes. <coughs> Excuse me. So I think what they're doing is they're, they were recouping their investment by saying, oh, you, we really think you would like this. And so people are willing to give it a shot. And that's that's how Drive to Survive came to my thing. And I'm I'm like, we're doing this today at this time. I I I was like, yep, yeah, we need to have this at 10 because I have other stuff to do. And because there's a race today. I guess and and so I am deeply invested in F1 now because of Drive to Survive, because and- I found it, because uh, Netflix kept putting it in my, we think you'd like this. And they were right. And I'm one of those people who, like, I've watched Drive to Survive. And I think it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. The whole thing. Um, I'm one of those people who, like, I, I watch Premier League, like, pretty intensely. I'm an Arsenal supporter. Have been for 20 years. Um, so I had no interest in Welcome to Wrexham. Right. And now I, like, actively am chucking Wrexham scores. Yes. Um, so, like, I know that it works. I'm not by any yeah. means. I just do question, like, there's, like, a messy documentary, a Beckham documentary. There's so much sports sure. content that I don't think it's it's the the magic pill that it that it might have been three years ago for this league. Um, yeah. I think what the, the magic pill for this league is just is get these things, like, stats right, stop making the mistakes, and continue putting a good product on the field. And on some level... Hope that the XFL USFL thing doesn't work all, all that well. The um, USFL, I think they're calling they're it now. Calling it. No, what? Um, no, I I don't even know what the new. Yeah, I think it's USFL, United um, Spring Football League or something. Something I stupid. We're, I like that we're getting their name wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, um, the Markcast will be punchy this morning. Um, I know the Markcast. Hey, buddy. Um, uh, <laughs> Real quick. I, you know what i gotta give him credit i, I, like I want to give well like you know guy. what i'm gonna give him credit I like publicly I and I, I want do. i want reed you just heard danny say i like that guy like five times um uh so i read uh reed who is reed johnson who yeah. runs the mark cast um he was uh Love um, his passion. I really yeah do. i was down in vegas recently uh for work purposes uh, my kid is a vegas golden knights fan um and uh reed was there as a kraken fan uh and got me um both uh on their on their banner raising night he got me their championship banner as well as the opening night towel uh, and met up with me at vegas in midnight after a hockey game awesome. to get it to me so i could bring it home to my kids so i genuinely um, love that guy's passion yeah, he brings- I, I like that guy beforehand but like he's he's locked in my book yeah. now the the mark cast is a made show for me i think he's mad at me because i said that 
the Labor Day Classic should be at 2 p.m., not 5 p.m. Um, and we had a little little Twitter Twitter thing, but yeah, I, 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 I love the guy. Um, no, no beef there for me. Um, Vernon Adams Jr. obviously is no longer in the MOP conversation. No, I'm not not. I mean, I, and again, I another guy who I love is JC. I thought JC did an awesome like drive conversation right piece on why Vernon should be a couple weeks ago. It's not happening anymore. Um, out of the West, I, I ultimately it's going to be the Winnipeg reporters who decide whether it's Oliveira or and it should be Oliveira. I think it should be Oliveira. Um, I'm going to stick with it. I don't have it's still Chad Kelly for the league, right? Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. If you're betting against Chad Kelly on MOP, you've made a mistake. Like I don't. Even- I don't. I don't <laughs> care what the odds are. I don't care what the odds are. If you're if you're voting against Chad Kelly as MOP, you've made a mistake. People got so mad at me for saying it on Twitter, um, and I, I just I'm not going to click on everyone who calls me a jerks because I say Chad Ooh. Kelly's MOP. It would take um, too long. It would take too long. But like, I just, I sort of assume that they're all from Winnipeg and that they're like, and not because there's anything wrong with people from Winnipeg, but because they're all supporting their own people and their fans right. and they're, they're passionate and that's great. Um, but like, it's Chad Kelly. It's Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly has not lost a game that he finished. I know. It's crazy. He hasn't lost a game that he finished. Not one. Yeah. He, he didn't finish the game against Calgary and they lost. He didn't, uh, he didn't play against Winnipeg, and they lost. Those are their two losses. And he didn't finish. the like. And they've won a lot of games he didn't finish, but he left most of those games with the lead. Now, yesterday being an exception, Cameron Dukes got the win yep. for Chad Kelly, even though um, Chad Kelly wasn't – the Argos weren't leading the game. But that's also on, on Dinwiddie um, for – saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring in a kicker from Mexico who's never kicked in the CFL before because that's the game we're playing this week. We're playing the Riders, and we can just bring up a kicker from Mexico and hope for the best. The guy missed a couple kicks. That's why Kelly left without the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it, Chad Kelly is, is the absolute lock. CFL.ca this week did, who I don't know who the guy was, to be honest, and I not that I don't know, like I, I legitimately was just credited to staff. No, there no. was it was a, it was a I think it was a guy from Toronto. I I wish that I had that information. I'd love to credit him because I think he did a great job. He did the. Is it time to start talking about the Argos as being? Oh, the best uh, team ever. The best team ever. And like, I saw some people being like, "Of course, it's way too early." And I'm like, guys, of course, like, of course it's too early. This is also, let's have that conversation. Like, yeah. there's nothing. This is sports. It is today. Sunday, October 22nd, I've actively not checked the news because it feels like the world is literally collapsing. Yep. We are living in such a scary time. I'm, I'm terrified. doesn't feel like... Anyways, the whole world feels like it's about to burn and it's terrifying. Let's talk about if the Argos are the best team of all time. Let's have fun with that. I've got Ben Grant on the show specifically because I want to talk to him about that. They might win 16 games. They're awesome. We should be talking about how the Argos are awesome. And the easiest way to do that is put them in a historical context. And it may be wrong. They may not be the best team of all time. But if they go 16-2 and two and win the Grey Cup, they sure deserve to be in the conversation. So why not grow the league by having these arguments, arguments for fun? Debates, arguments debates, online debates. Arguments online is yeah. the best thing that can happen to any sport. Nobody gets hurt. No. Nobody gets no. hurt. It's fun. We should be. 
Do you know yeah. who gets hurt? The people who don't put pineapple on their pizza and the people who don't put raisins in a butter tart. Those are the people who are hurt because they Legit don't understand props. the joy that that can bring you. I'm with you the whole um, But talking about this, like, I'd, I'd be very, I'd be very interested to see this Toronto team versus the 16 Stampeders. I would be like, that is a phenomenal matchup. Um, and I think it, it's, it's one of those things that if you go back in a historical way, I don't think you can put, you know, the the 16 and two Edmonton team um, that lost in 89 to the Riders. I don't think you can put them into that conversation because athletics has changed. You know, the 19, <laughs> the 1948 Stampeders may be the only undefeated team in CFL history and they went on and won the Grey Cup. Um, but let's be real about the athletes from 1948 and put them on the field with the athletes of today. That's not going to happen. So as athletes get better, as athletes get yeah. more talented, obviously they are, the teams from today are better than the teams from before. Now, the one exception being the 1992-93 Chicago Bulls, who are the greatest team ever assembled on a basketball court. I'm glad but, that Michael Jordan made a 12-part documentary about how great he was that he could you know, deny the fact that athletes. Got and do you, do you know what people did? <laughs> they consumed that like crazy. I, that was like early pandemic. And I was just at war with anyone who wanted to fight about the last dance. I, it was the greatest, it greatest was, piece of film of all time. I like, I hated that documentary. <laughs> I loved it, but I like, it was so obviously Michael Jordan being like, oh, LeBron's catching up. Got to make a documentary reminding yeah, everyone sure. that I'm better. Yeah. And it was like, he was, is he not a producer? Like, he was involved. And of course was he like, was. like, this is amazing journalism. And I was like, it's not journalism. No, it's, it's a not. Lot of, things. of course it's not. It's a propaganda of course piece it's not. designed to preserve Michael Jordan's brand, which he doesn't need because he makes billions every year. Yeah. Um, sorry. Went on a you know what? I, you know what I really enjoyed? I, I did see a meme the other day that was like, you know, they say that LeBron James is one of the most clutch game seven players of all time. Uh, and then there was a picture of Michael Jordan like, what's a game seven? I don't even. Um, and so I thought, I was like, I was like, ah, it, it gets, gets you right where it hurts. I in interrupted you. I will say, yeah. I mean, that 2016 stamps team is the best 2016 and 17 were the two best stamps teams I've covered despite them not winning. Yeah. Um, great. Ups. I also, I mean, I've got to give like, it's so hard with these bombers because like, the yeah, COVID, you have to give the bombers credit. The, well, they've been I, good. They've been great. Like the COVID season was messed up. Yes. But like 2021 and 2022 are sort of their peaks as far as we can tell and they they win in 2021 that team mm -hmm. should be it's just all of us there's, there's no asterisks but i don't think we talk about them as one of the greats of all time and then last year they were so phenomenal but losing the great cup which is similar to those stampeders 16 but and that's 17 teams. were were they 15 and they were, <laughs> i can pull that up i think they were pretty they were they a 15 win team because i think you have to have 15 16 wins to be in this conversation <laughs> Um, oh, they were 15 and three, so 15 yeah. and three. So they they're were, in that conversation. They were right. There. Um, but I don't think, I don't remember them blowing teams out. I mean, I, I, the 2016 Stampeders team blew teams out on a regular basis and yes, they stumbled and didn't win the gray cup, but I, I, I felt like every week you were picking the stamps to cover. Yeah. It's going to be, it's uh, the Argos. If they go 16 and two and win the gray cup, 
They absolutely. Ryan's got a little bit of a cough. I got you water. Do you want? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Also, oh no, don't be sorry. We also like literally. I've kept you for significantly longer than I promised. So um, we're, we're going to let you go. But I, I think that the Argos will absolutely deserve to be in that conversation. And I think like to be fair, the fact that like part of what I like about that team is like there are stars. There are huge yes. stars. But that is one of those teams that really does feel like everyone's on the same it's level. It's the team. It's the team, and yeah. they've done an amazing job. Who's the Saskatchewan Rough Riders head coach next year? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, here's 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 what I'll say about Saskatchewan. What they should be doing is is throwing every every dollar they can afford at Jordan Maximic, but they're not going to do that. Um, I think that's what they should be doing. I think we've we've we'll see how the rest of the season plays out for Calgary, um, but I I think I think what you do in Saskatchewan uh I mean so you're not just going like for me like if Scott Milanovic is available yeah I think I to, think it's probably Milanovic like I like I think that's a great hire I don't I I've never really seen him as a he's won great cups and as, sure as a like coach, his involvement in Hamilton has sort of been that, a key part of turning that Ticats team around yeah sure he's just another guy that's on that carousel right do you know what I'm not interested in? A guy that's already been the guy. You know, like look at look at what Dinwiddie's done as the guy oh, who no wasn't question. the guy. Look, you I, know, look what Dave Dickinson did when he came in when he was the guy that had never been the guy. What what the CFL has done and what the NFL does too. Every 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 league does this. That's why Lenny Wilkins is both the winningest and losingest coach of all time. Uh, why Wally Buono is both the winningest and losingest coach of all time. Because these guys get these jobs and then you they're oh well he's already been a head coach, so he gets better. I'd like to see I mean I, is there is there anything that says that Mark Killam's not the guy? I, I think Mark Killam would be a fantastic hire. There's no I I like literally this is not a but. This is not yep. a Mark Killam would be great, but this is like what I wonder about is after having a special teams coach, is it gonna be easy to sell the fan base? on another special teams guy coming in to be head coach. Uh, I think Killam's name has been around enough and people have enough respect for him that I think most fans would be be good with it. I just also think like the stamps are coming off a bad year. Like I think that the the riders are going to want someone who instantly fans are like, "Okay, that's we got the right one." Yeah, if and, if that's if that's the guy, if that's the splash you want to make, if that's the splash you want to make, I think you're throwing all your money at Mexemic. Okay. But I don't think I don't think they're going to hire Mark Killam. But I think that's someone, what they should do. Please, yes, um, someone should. Mark Killam yeah. deserves to be a head coach in this league. And yeah. if you ask the guys in the Stampeder locker room, the guys in the Stampeder locker room will tell you that Mark Killam is absolutely a guy you will go to war for. I had a player DM me uh, within the last two years. I'm leaving this as vague as possible, so that's not clear. Who was like, "Can you get out?" like just push that my team should hire Mark Killam because he was like players around the league will come here yeah. to play for Mark Killam. Yeah. Whereas the guy that they were the other person whose name was out there in the mix media wise, he was like, guys won't come. Yeah. Guys won't come. Um, so I, I fully believe Mark Killam should be yeah. like, look, I, I think that my brain immediately goes to Stan Peters. People I've covered. I, I think Argos did a very smart thing getting Corey Mace re-signed. Um, but his contract is still got to have an out if he's got a head coach opportunity. For right? sure. But so it also, though, speaks to, hey, he's 
he's Oh, I, Corey, so Corey Mace and I, Corey Mace, Corey Mace has been on my podcast since he was a player. He was yes. on my, Corey Mace is the best. Uh, since he was a player, he was a coach. Corey Mace is a guy, like I texted him after the game last night. Mm-hmm. I texted him after the game last night. I was like, hey, thanks for putting the Stampeders into the playoffs. There's obviously an out. Yeah. Obviously there's got to be an out, but it's still. But brings, I think he feels stability. comfortable where he is. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I think he could use another, he'd be happy to do another, another year, year or two. two. Um they're they're building something that that, that Argos team is not. They're not, not going away anytime soon. Not going away anytime soon. Although, although, will they still be able to afford all their talent when Chad Kelly's money kicks in? Like, no, not all of it. So, um, so I, I that'll was, be that'll be interesting to see the impact of not having a nearly free quarterback. Um, oh, it's going to be for next sure next season on on what they're going to what talent they're going to have to lose. Yep, they're going to lose some for sure. Now, I actually. I honestly don't know if I did this on the podcast or not, but I, at some point in the last couple of weeks, I was either talking to a friend or talking on the pod, and I was like, if you could get one guy who has left the Stampeders back this offseason. You and I talked about this, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and my argument was like, well, as much as I love Jameer, yeah. like it would be Jameer or Flo for me, Jameer Thurman or Flo Normalade. And I think you were saying that Flo has another year on his contract. I think so, yeah. So, I mean, that's a, yeah. So otherwise, I think, there's no way they're going to. Because he didn't sign a one year deal for Toronto. Yeah. Um, man, has that ever worked out? Man, is he ever good? I mean, I, it's just, it's, it's, it's health. Yep. That's, that's yep. all it is, right? He, well, and the he's Sam's been got healthy. bad luck because the guy that, not that they like made a decision, I know that they wanted to keep flow as well. Right. Um, but, but they brought in James Waters. And then just, and he got luck. injured. I mean, yeah. how different is the season if they have James Waters? I really do wonder that. You know what? I think they're probably still a playoff team. <laughs> So, how how different is this? I mean, when he got injured, they were two and seven, two and eight. Like he got injured just before Labor Day. So that's not true. Yes, it is. He yeah. wasn't injured much before. He wasn't injured much. They were there were only a two win team with him. It was week six because he. So they would have been two and had, four, two and three. Yeah. He was. Are, he was are week they, six. They're not. They're not hosting a playoff game. I still don't think they're hosting a playoff game, even with Vodders in there. Oh yeah, I mean that's probably true. So are they? That. Are they? So what difference did it make to their season? Not substantially, because they're probably still headed on the road to BC this week. Yeah. You're, you're right. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to downplay how good a player he is because he's phenomenal. Oh, I just think that like. But you're, I think, you're right that I can't make the argument that having James Waters in the Stampeders lineup means that they, it's not worth five wins. Right. Um. But I think that the pressure that he brings, they didn't get for most of the season. And I do no. think that the pressure from the defensive no. end spot was an issue for them. So I do think it substantially improves. It, yeah, team. it's it's gotten a lot better lately. And like, let's right off the bat, like they probably beat Edmonton in the rematch. Like, there's yes. just a, there's there were a couple close yeah. games here where yeah, there are one player, two makes, or three wins. Probably yeah. is he is he two or three wins? What's that uh, baseball stat they use? Um, uh, war wins over replacement. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think is it is it two or three wins, maybe even four, possibly. But I still don't think that they're hosting a playoff game with James Vodders in the lineup, given their other injuries. If Bryce Bell doesn't go down for six games, and and you've got Vodders and Bell, then maybe you're looking at even more. I mean, and I, I like it's the crazy thing that like it's so similar to how like we I was saying like it's just hard to just spend the whole season complaining about stats um, about stats like Same it's thing also with just like well it's with injuries like 
there are just people who don't seem to care that Jalen Philpop would have been a starter, that Malik Henry would have been a starter. Right. Clark Barnes was a starter. Clark Barnes was like, phenomenal yeah, like for this, this team. This team is down three of its five starting receivers. And then when you consider that, I mean, they brought in Marky Thambles in part because of that. Yes. But Ambles was playing pretty well and then starting before he decided he didn't want to be here. Right. Like, so like, arguably, Do, that's four of their five. Yeah. Like, that's like, arguably, Reggie Bagleton's the only, like, starter, like, starter, 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 who is... I mean, I get so, maybe Trey Odom's Dukes, but even he's not Dukes was been... Not, Ambles took over for him. Yeah, Ambles. Well, and, and that's interesting, because when Ambles took him over, when Ambles took over for him, he was leading the league in targets and receptions, and Ambles still took the job from him. So that, that I think, said something from a Stampeders perspective that, that they still weren't happy with his production, even though he was producing. And I, I think that's that's an inter- that's always an interesting thing for me too. And the Stampeders have done that um, recently too. They they took out uh, they had Mike Alway out in favor of Silas Stewart when Mike Alway was leading the league in defensive plays. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, now I I admittedly I don't know who started on Friday. I didn't look at that one because I was looking at other things. Um, Mike was in there. I know Mike was in there because he had the sack. Yeah. Um, and he uh, and he had an interception as well. But I was recording the afterwardy here in the studio for the first quarter so right of course yes, yes so i didn't actually get to watch the first quarter yeah um dude this has been an hour i said it was gonna be half an hour it's all right i i again i bumped us up to 10 so i because because i knew we'd take the time well i mean i can ask if there's anything else you like really feel you know we should talk about uh the winnipeg blue bombers are not coming out of the west come on yes they are no they're not why do you say that they're not? i don't care which of the two teams comes out of that west semifinal they're beating winnipeg why do you think that? Because Winnipeg has gotten old. Winnipeg has gotten slow. And I think all you have to do is jam up Oliveira in the middle, and they're not going to be able to beat you. Especially now that you have Dalton Schoen out for the season. Dalton Schoen's significant. I mean, they still have. Yes, I, I get it. I get amazing. it. I get it. But they're not going to be. That week off is going to hurt the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And the Bombers, I don't even think, start their starters next week. And here's the interesting thing. The 6-11 and 11 team maybe resting starters next week oh so funny john bender like literally called it he yeah. was like he he was on the show and he was like honestly i, I think the stamps are going to be the one that rest starters that most needs the rest so they're going to take advantage of it um they may i don't know how much rest like reggie you're not playing no reggie doesn't play reggie doesn't play um i still feel kadeem could probably use the reps Maybe. Your line you can't. I don't know. Like, TFL rosters just aren't really big enough. But, yeah, the, the Stamps have to rest, guys. It's yeah. just they've also had two bye weeks in the last month and a bit. So, it's like it's not like they're particularly. No, but I think I think you're still going to get. Um, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see, uh, to see whether or not Dave Dickinson is going to check in and see where Logan Bonner is. Yeah. I'm very curious to see whether or not Logan Bonner gets. There's no way Jake Jake's not playing the whole game. I don't think I don't think Jake plays the whole game, but I don't know if if Dave Dickinson feels like he needs to. I mean, it's not like Jake has been great, but he's also just had a new baby. So if you take away the start from him even now, and you say, "Hey, look, man, we're in the playoffs. You're obviously the starter heading into the playoffs. You're going to start against BC, but we're going to let you stay out because you've got." a new baby you can get some rest you can help your wife yeah. you can do all of these things for a week 
you know, without having to worry about Winnipeg with Jackson, Jeff Coat and Jefferson coming at for you. A reason, supposedly. Yeah. So play well, them. yeah, and and Chris Reynolds is on the practice roster. Still. Yeah, smoke him if you got him. Like, yeah, you know. I mean, I, I and again, I I don't want to I don't want this to sound like I'm disparaging Tommy Stevens, but I don't know that I see Tommy Stevens as the starter for this team, given what he's done through the air when he's had the chance. Yeah, no, I don't. And I I don't I don't you know. I don't want to sound like I'm calling him out or nothing, but there's a reason why Bonner and Reynolds have both been around all year. I think this is the game where you see where you, what you have in either of them. Um, yeah. You need to figure it out because you don't want both of them around. And I mean, there, there are two sides to that. Either they think that both of them are good enough or that they're not sure that either of them is good enough. So figure it out. Yep. Right. Like, and, and why not throw them against Winnipeg's defense? You're not going to get a better idea of whether a quarterback can survive than throwing him against Winnipeg's defense. I'm very curious as to who plays on Winnipeg's defense. Yeah, um, but even scheme wise, their defense is good. Yeah, I like. I will say that, like, I've covered some pretty terrible football games. So have you? You this year especially. It, it wasn't last year. It would have been the year before that the Bombers had ever like there was no movement that could happen in the last game of the season. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. and it was just. Terrible football. God-awful game of football yeah. that I've ever seen. But here's why Winnipeg will lose, by the way, in the West Final, because I I, we, we, I diverted away from that. Okay. I, I love this take. I, I, do think that, I do think that they're not... Um, I think that they've seen... BC has seen what Calgary's done to them up the middle and what Winnipeg did to them up the middle in the last two games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're, they're going to take steps to correct that, over-protect the box... Um, I think Ryan Phillips will move away from uh, some of what he's done because what BC has done so successfully all season is they've been so far ahead that the run hasn't mattered defensively. Mm -hmm. Now they have seen in the last two weeks that the run absolutely matters defensively. You need to be able to stop these teams from gashing you for seven or eight yards at a time, and you need to prevent that while you're giving your offense a chance to win. I think Winnipeg is older and slower. I think Big Hill is a step slow. He made that big play on Cornelius last night, but that's, you know, that's a goal line stand. I think Big Hill's a step slower than he used to be. And that's not to say that Adam Big Hill's still not a great player because he is. He's also not Adam Big Hill from two or three years ago. Um, same thing with Jefferson, Jeffcoat, that defensive line. They're not the 21 version of those players anymore. And I think you're starting to see winnipeg be vulnerable and i think that this is the spot where they've got old i think caleros isn't as good as he was and i think taking dalton Schoen out of the equation makes him worse than he would be otherwise he's made some suspect decisions this year this is the year that winnipeg doesn't make it back i don't think <clears throat> I, I don't think the calgary stampeders have a shot in hell of being the winnipeg blue bombers in a playoff game <laughs> They've, really, they've been within a touchdown of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in every game for the last three seasons. Um, I, I, and something at some point has to bounce the Stampeders' way, and it has been the last couple of weeks. You've got the goal line fumble against BC. You've got the pick six against Saskatchewan. All of these plays that were going against the Stampeders in the beginning half of the year are starting to go for the Stampeders, and I believe in the football gods. I believe in the football gods evening things out over time. I had you on because I knew you were going to give this type of take, and I love it. Um, <laughs> so I like, I like wildly disagree with you. Yeah, um, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. But I think, I think either team, either team that wins the West semifinal is going to the Great Cup. Okay, I like that. Um, you know, since I've got you for a minute, 
Yeah. What is like Cowboys are on a bye this week. I don't even need to be home for eleven. <laughs> we have October twenty seventh, Winnipeg at Calgary. Meaningless games. October twenty eighth, Hamilton at Montreal. Even more meaningless game where the two teams are going to be playing the next week of the playoffs. And then straight handoffs for sixty minutes in Toronto that game. Toronto at Ottawa. There can't be a more unwatchable week of CFL football in history than the one that we have right now, right? Like, I'm not, I love this league. I do a podcast on this league despite covering a different league. I adore the CFL. This is going to be awful. I shouldn't be saying this. Watch the CFL, guys. It's great. Canadian football support. But, like, like Hamilton-Montreal is going to be one of the worst games in CFL history. These two teams are just shutting right down. But, I mean, at the same time, maybe that's where you also get something spectacular. Like, are they going to be running trick plays in the offense? No. Are they going very deep in the playbook? No. Are they really kind of trying to be aggressive and super, you know? No. But at the same time, maybe there's that, you know, broken coverage play. Maybe there's another dribble punt, whatever. Like, give me something. There, okay. there's a, the, the best thing about the CFL is even bad CFL football Oh yeah, it gives is, you fun. Is better than bad NFL football. I feel bad like- NFL football is unwatchable. Bad CFL football is still like, yeah, I, I might be on my phone a little more during the game, um, you know, and and not be glued to it. But bad CFL football is still fun to watch. I mean, I've 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 had a couple games this year where I haven't had that much fun. If I'm being perfectly honest, yeah. I, but like, I, I take your point. I like Toronto Ottawa. I like that's one of those. It's one of those games where you're like, do I have to play it? Just because, like, <laughs> well, like. Poor Ottawa. Like, you're out, you're eliminated. The Argos are just want to know. Oh, but hurt. Danny, they have to play for pride and jobs <laughs> next year and all this other nonsense that never, that, that people use to sell the, the game. I, I, so one of the reasons, I mean, I think when you watch a bad game, um, and, and I think our perspective is different, right? Because you have to write about the game. And so the game has to have something for you to write about. And when it doesn't, it makes your job so much more difficult to fill the space, right? And yeah. so a bad game for you is doubly bad. And so it, it makes it worse than it does, I think, for the average fan who can just go, yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. But is it better than, you know, watching the... Was it a bad way to spend my Friday night? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe like, made myself some sangria, like, sat right. on the couch right. with my wife. Have a my couple husband. drinks, have a couple friends over. Yeah. Play, I mean, just, you know play stupid bets on the game like you know don't you know don't necessarily go to your over under wager sites but make ridiculous bets in the room yep you know uh, what what was that old uh, system they used to play in uh, karaoke or in uh, uh those trivia bars um where you could bet on run right run left <laughs> you know uh, bet have fun with it just i mean yep. find find the enjoyment in the game there's no storyline to any of these games at all no but you and know it, and again it sets us up like this is there's bad luck. Like this is it's not the CFL. Toronto's fault. going for a franchise record and wins. Yep, they that, need to beat Ottawa. And it is like there's no one to be mad about that. None of these games matter. It's no. bad luck. It's how the season played out. Like you can't. You, and you, it's been worse in previous years. I don't know. It it's well, it I mean, meaning meaning that this. meaning that like meaningless games have been further out. Because because I don't know that they've ever had a week where all three last week nothing last week was or this this past weekend of games. All mattered. Yep. 
They oh, yeah. all had playoff implications. BC could have kept their hopes alive for first overall in the West. Yep. Calgary was trying to get a playoff spot. Toronto's chasing their best record ever. Saskatchewan is like every game this week mattered enough that we can this be okay with week. the idea that last week was week. that the, next week is yeah. Make no mistake, I is like meaningless. This week was sort of fun. Yeah. Um, there we, we haven't talked about it. Anymore, but I'll do that in my intro. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll not call that. Yeah, out. no, that's okay. But okay, real quick, I will say what I do think we are set up for. I think the East playoffs are going to be unbelievable. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, like Montreal and Hamilton, I think are so tight. Great they're game. Also, they're also teams that like we don't know everything about them. They yeah. are still. We're going to let you go. But um, and then honestly, like I think both of those teams coming off a win are going to at least feel like they have a shot against the Argos. I think the Argos are the best team in the East by a long distance. They're yes. the best team in the league. But, like, both of those two teams have, like, played pretty well in the back half of the season. They have not stumbled into the playoffs. Toronto, been- uh, Hamilton has, uh, before they lost to BC the other night, um, last week, they've, they've, they'd only lost to Toronto since before Labor Day. Yeah. Like, Hamilton, Hamilton's becoming the team we expected them to be. And I think that, like, Montreal, the additions of, of Lemon and, and Sankey, but, like, there's, a, there's yes. a lot of good players on, on that team. I think Cody is, has, has showed up pretty, pretty decently. Like, both of those two teams are going to feel like if we play our A game, Argos look out, which I love. The West, as you talked about, apparently the Bombers are terrible. Uh, They're not <laughs> terrible. I know, They're joking. just old. I've seen this before. The Stampeders did this for a long time. You're dominant for three or four seasons, and then you lose a playoff game. That's how that's how this Winnipeg dynasty started, yep. was by Calgary going to three straight Grey Cups and then losing the game to the Bombers to get to the fourth one. But the difference is that the Stamps very like the stamps were, were trying to get younger while yes. staying on top and it didn't really work. No, and the are and the, the bombers have not done that. The yeah. bombers have stayed old and they've gotten old. And I think this is when they get upset. I love it. Hot take. Ryan Valentine, three down nation. Go stamps go podcast. Anything else I gotta plug? Uh no, those are pretty much it. You can find me on all social media platforms at BB Can Ryan. We don't we don't acknowledge X, so on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, Twitter, yeah. of course. Yes. Um, Threads, Blue Sky. Um, Are you on Blue Sky? I'm on Blue Sky. Do you I'm need getting, an invite code? Uh, I may. I'm getting um, close. I promise myself. I got, I got five of them right now. Like, when all of these new ones were coming out and they were like, I would have had to be like, Danny.Austin at something.net. Yeah, no, and yes. I was like, you dorks. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, Blue, Sky's, Blue Sky's usernames are still a little Yeah, I like long. it. Just, that seems like that's some real nerdlinger crap. Um and I'm just not. I uh, want to find out who the winner is going to be. And for me, it's not Threads yet. I expected it to be Threads, but Threads is terrible. I'm not quitting Elon and going to Zuck. No, like, I, I understand it, that. But it, what Threads is missing out on is I want to. I want to follow. I want to see the content from the people I follow, yeah. not a bunch of famous people that you're jamming into my feed. Oh, is that? What I don't give a shit about them. Yeah, I don't care what those people are saying. I'm still like. It may wind up being Blue Sky. Like, it feels like that's where the most people are going. It's where a lot of the CFL and like, people are going is, is Blue it, Sky. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the entire utility of Twitter has always been that it's where everyone was. Yes. Like, that's, like, the, the functionality, whatever. Like, that's the thing. So that I just want to go where everyone else goes. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, it matters to my literal financial well-being. Yes. Um, to have a social media following. So, whatever. But yeah, BB Ken Ryan everywhere. If you need a Blue Sky invite code, let me know. Thanks, buddy. Really appreciate having you. Yeah, good times. Guys, what are you doing tonight? I don't know what you're doing tonight. You're probably looking for something. Guys, you got to go check out Mug's Pub. This is probably my favorite pub in the city, 1330 15th Avenue Southwest, right in the Beltline. 
Honestly, they do it all. I, for years, played trivia on Wednesday nights at Muggs. It's the best trivia night in the city. Other nights, they got music. They got specials every single night. Some of the best food and drink specials in the entire city are at Muggs Pub. You want wine. You want beer. You want cocktails. They got it all. Big fan of their fish and chips. They got some amazing pizza. You want to watch the game? They got TV screens. You want to just have a drink with friends? Perfect spot to do it. You want to have some food? As I said, it's delicious. Muggs Pub. We love having them as a sponsor. We love having them just down the road from us here at our studios. Check out Mugs Pub. They're the best. All right. That's it for me, guys. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend too much time here on the outro. I uh, really appreciate that conversation with Ryan. That was awesome. He came in. He's uh dealing with a shoulder injury. We didn't really touch on that, but came in, needed on me and Busby's been feeling sick. So Ryan uh rose to the occasion and I really, really appreciate that. And that was an awesome talk. I feel like we touched on just about everything. Did our best. Uh Love that Ryan comes in with the hot takes. Winnipeg, not win a playoff game. Really? Come on, Ryan. I love it. I love it. It's a good bit of fun, but thank you to Mugs Pub. Honestly, make sure you, you, you check them out. They've got, you know, weekly specials that are unbelievable. Um, yeah, they, they, they got it all. Um, also, if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, make sure you check, check them out. They got an awesome community. I dropped by a little while back and, uh, Lots of Bills fans there watching the games, but lots of lots of NFL just across the board on Sundays uh, at Mugs, and, and their food's terrific. Um, you know, I've talked about Wednesday trivia a bunch, but you know their their daily specials are amazing. Um, yeah, thank you, Mugs Pub, and, and shout out to Fraser and Fig. We've been talking about them all year. Love them, and yeah, that's kind of it from us, guys. We're gonna be back on on Thursday morning. Uh, I know I have Ben Grant. We'll see. Might might try to get someone else as well. Uh, talk a little bit about the Bomber Stamps game there. Um, those playoffs were there. We made it. Anyways, thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to you uh, for listening. Please like and subscribe. Tell your friends if you think that they could use a little CFL content as it heats up for the playoffs. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. This is Live from the 55. I'm Danny Austin. Cheers.